gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio. My name is Matt Durline, independent wrestling referee out of Northeast Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining me for another episode, and we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Normally, I have just one guest, and we cover a lot of matches. But eventually, I'm going to start to run out of people that I have a lot of matches with. So we're going to do something different here in episode 13. I may make this like an every other month thing where I have a few different interviews in one episode with people who I have a lower match count with, but I still want to interview. And that's what we're going to do here tonight, starting with Adina Steele. Hey, Adina, how you doing? Oh, hello. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Go ahead, Adina, very quickly and introduce yourself to the listening audience who may not know you. All right. Hi. Um, so I'm Adina Steele. I'm a wrestler. I'm based out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. I started wrestling, I want to say, September of 2018. So it's been, I guess, a little over two years now, including like the non-existent year. But yeah, I got into it, I guess, like a little later because I was like, 26 when I started training um I was always like hesitant but then it was just kind of like screw it I'm just gonna go for it and it's been like it's been a fun ride this whole time um you know at first I was just training and then started just having matches you know locally at the training center and then eventually kind of got out of the bubble and it's been fun it's been like a roller coaster you know with COVID everything has been a lot different but I'm optimistic that everything's going to kind of pick up again pretty soon Hopefully so, yeah, and I, I like your uh, intro there. I'm a Dina Steele. I'm a wrestler. You're uh, a as, wrestler. As though I'd be interviewing someone other than a wrestler on the I show. I think that's a good point. I was just thinking if someone tuned in, they're like, oh, what's this about? Maybe, you know. <laughs> someone who is unfamiliar with the show. Yeah, like, they were just listening to a podcast, and this one came on next randomly, and they're like, what's this about? What kind of matches? Now they know, wrestling matches. <laughs> yes, they do. So I guess what I should do now is... <laughs> Wait, go, go, Adina. <laughs> that cool. That I'm supposed to act. Adina Steele, here to, uh, here to uh, make snorting noises on the air. On yeah, TV yeah, that should have just been my introduction itself. I snort when I laugh. <laughs> Can't hide it. Be attractive. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if you have stumbled upon this podcast, like Adina has implied, I should talk about what this is. So I have a book where I've written down every single match I have ever refereed over my 16 plus year independent wrestling career. And I decided that I have a lot of good material here and a lot of conversations that I can have with people. And thanks to the Rona, um, I have lost the creative outlet of professional wrestling for the time being. So I decided to bring back this podcast. I had done some episodes, which actually will be going up on CKCC Radio in the coming weeks. I had done them three or four years ago. And now decided to bring it back here during the pandemic era just as a way to stay active. So what we'll do now is we're going to talk about the big three matches. <laughs> Ooh, that three is my lucky number, actually, though. 
good to know. Yeah. And this, is, this isn't like a few weeks ago where I had the Diamond City War Machines episode that was so long it had to become two episodes. <laughs> How many matches did you have with them? Like, or were you just like between obviously knowing each other so long with a lot of like just experiences and stuff too in general? Oh, we talked about, I think, every single match that I had between the two of them in the book. It was probably close to 70 matches. Oh, damn. And, um, of course, I've known Brad and Eric for 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of material to cover. Yeah, we we were on Skype for over four hours that night. Shut up. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, I don't think we'll have that problem today. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but we will, we will get started with the first match on the on the list. And much like Trajan a couple weeks ago, these matches actually start much later in the book than a lot of other people, since you're much newer into the business. So we finally got the chance to work together June 9th, 2019. I know that we had been in locker rooms together, and like you had re-announced the GSW, and we'd known each other for a while, but we hadn't had the chance to work a match together until you faced Lydia Myers at, uh, for Backbreakers Entertainment, match 1046 in the book at the Falcon's Nest in Mayfield. So let's talk about this one. This was a learning experience, to say the least. Yes, especially that, you know, being at the Falcon's Nest, that's where the place that I trained, Backbreakers, you know, was running their shows at the time, as you know. So it was one of those things in front of, you know, my, my family, my friends, all these things. So it's always fun in that aspect to do like those shows there yeah definitely that one was what did you say it was was it june of 2019 you said yes it did june so like yeah so i was thinking about it at that point like i don't think i had a match outside of my training center until i think it was like february or march of 2019 so it definitely was there in one of my first like matches I mean, it still, I guess, was the training center at that point, but I guess what I'm trying to say is it was one of my first matches that wasn't just, like, one of the student show type ones, and I had met Lydia before that at a different show, and, you know, things gone had gone pretty pretty smooth considering we were both very, like, very, very, very new, like, single digits of matches at that point, and then, yeah, we had the match that you refed, and like I said, I was excited because you never – would ever ref my matches and apparently still because like I remember every show I'd be like oh do you have my match no someone else does and apparently we only had three ever and we've definitely been on a lot more than three shows together <laughs> so I don't know what's up with that but um yeah with uh that would definitely like you said a learning experience is a good way to put it you know both of us did the best that we could especially with where we were at not really knowing each other that well you know is that we didn't train together or you know have much time to really work together so it was a learning experience in the sense of, you know, especially with wrestling, things don't go according to plan. But, like, how do you compensate? What do you do in the moment without, you know, freezing up and being like, oh, no, how do we go? Where do we go from here? How do we do this? You know, it definitely might have had its cringy little moments. But, you know, I guess that's the only way for me, like, I learn is by literally experiencing something going through it. And that's when it clicks for me. So, you know. It was definitely one of those I wouldn't be like, you know, sending that match out to promoters to book me, but <laughs> I guess we all have our days, you know? Yeah, we do. And I know when I first broke in, I had plenty of them. Unfortunately, a lot of mine are like available on Smartwork Video or 
through IWTV since they have a lot of that <laughs> like really old footage from when I first broke in. If you use our code word numbers, N-U-M-B-E-R-S, you get five free days as a new subscriber to independentwrestling.tv. Do not watch those 2004-2005 Chikara <laughs> shows. Your because, account will immediately be deactivated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will text Jerry and say, whoever is watching Tag World Grand Prix 2005, please <laughs> shut them down immediately. Uh, uh, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> uh, I, I'm texting Jerry right now. Shut down Adina Steele's IWTV account, please and thank you. That Uh, can't be fair. That can't be fair. (laughs) You got like a first row seat to my experiences. This is true. And and things would get better. We would move on to Fight for a Miracle 5 uh, in Bloomsburg, (laughs) Pennsylvania for True Wrestling. A couple months later, August 24th, 2019, you are against Molly McCoy in match 1066. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I just love that intro. So things got better. <laughs> like we started out some like tragic story, but like, like, but then there was hope after that. <laughs> I've, I've done this once or twice, Adina. I, I've done a couple podcasts in my day. So I, I, I'm a master of the transition. Thank God. But yeah, that one, that was fun. That was my first time working for True. My same, or first time working with Molly. I believe I'd met her. Yeah, wait. I know I met her somewhere. I remember saying it that day. Like, I feel like I did. Okay, that's what it was. I met her at Chikara doing, it was like a women's seminar with Solo Darling. I met Molly there, and they actually had us all do like five minute matches or something afterwards, and I was paired up with her. So I actually had, like, a quick little match there with her. So, you know, we didn't have, like, a real, real, like, ton of time working together before True, but it was cool and, like, you know, I could get her automatically a little more comfortable and you know the person and, like, a little bit of how they are. So then when I saw, yeah, I was working with her, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, what's, what are the chances? Yeah, I remember that match. That was a lot of fun. That was my first time being at True, and I remember there was, there was a lot going on that night. Like, I remember there was, like, a cage match. There was all kinds of stuff, but... Working with her, I don't remember a ton specifically, but I remember it being, like, a lot of fun and, you know, not having any moments where <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? So that's always a good sign. What was really cool is, like, after our match, we were in the, like, locker room. They had, like, a separate little area for the girls, which is always a plus. And um, Rhino was on that show. And he actually came and asked us, like, oh, do you care if I, like, give you guys, like, a little bit of critique or advice and all that? And he did, and, you know, just kind of chatted with us a bit. And I was like, oh, that's really cool because, you know, sometimes you get people, like, names that come in and work the shows and won't even, like, interact with, you know, the locals, you could say. Yeah. And um, so he he was really cool and very helpful and, like, just nor- like a normal person, you know, humble and just honest with us. And then it was cool because I ended up, like, months later, I was in, like, a match somewhere else at PPW with – I was an attack match, and I was with him. And I'm like, oh, it's so funny how everything kind of, like, comes full circle. Yes. And, but yeah, it was, it was a cool experience overall, you know, just being somewhere new, having a fun match, meeting new people. And the rhino that you see on TV is absolutely not the rhino that you get in person. Right? Rhino <laughs> is the nicest, like, softest spoken man I have ever met. <laughs> like, yeah, it like, to... catches you off guard. 
I, I remember he's come into for truth three times, and I've had two of two of the three matches that he has been in. Yeah, and he's such a pro to work with, and he is just the nicest guy. And you you hear him use such profane language in his old ECW promos, things that I, things that like I don't feel comfortable repeating. <laughs> Not even once <laughs> on this show. Like he once he once cut a promo and he said he was going to rip off someone's fucking head and shit down their fucking throat. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's savage. <laughs> it's pretty direct. It's like uh, and then you meet him, and you're like, "Wow, you are nothing like I expected." And right? I, like, we all play characters when we're out there, so I don't expect Rhino to walk up to people and say he's going to rip off their heads in person, like legit. But I, yeah, I but did there's not. People that do it, <laughs> you never know. Okay, this is true, but I did not expect such a mild-mannered individual <laughs> to yeah. be behind that character. Yeah, totally. So, and, and it's awesome they gave you that feedback. And it's always awesome when you work a show with someone and they go out of their way to give you that feedback. Right. I will say that this match was important to me and more so to Avery. Adina knows my daughter pretty well from being around shows and stuff. And this was Avery's first live women's match that she ever saw. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, and something I know in talking to Molly that Molly takes great pride in because Avery loves Molly and Molly loves Avery. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know that she, like, your autographed picture is hanging in her bedroom. <laughs> that's so adorable. That really is like, that's just the coolest part about it all. You know, like knowing, like I was once, that little girl just watching wrestling and being, you know, like, just sucked in and, like, fascinated by it all. And, like, it is so cool to know, you know, I'm sure she's seen all kinds of stuff on TV and been to so many shows with you. But actually getting to see, like, her first women's match, like, in person. And, you know, for me to be one of the women involved in that match, like, that's such a cool experience. Especially being her. And, like, you know, like you said, I knew her before that. It's her daughter. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, a, it's something that... I'm very proud that I got to be a part of her first women's match live. Right. Um, also, also her first cage match, because she was there. She was so excited for the cage that night. <laughs> she was, she's like, I'm going to see a steel cage match in person. I'm like, yeah, you are. Yes. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Um, um, too late. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> like I said, you know my daughter. Uh, so, she's so, energetic, like I said before. Yeah, um, energetic is a good word for it. So normally the third match of the show that we discuss is where we're just getting warmed up. But this is where our journey comes to an end, partially because the road like got us all shut down. Yeah, yeah. I, I firmly believe if it wasn't for COVID, we'd have at least five. <laughs> I, I would like to think so. But yeah. we went out on a really good note. We are at GSW uh, one night only. And this is at the True Villain Plains, and you are going one-on-one with Kit Raff on Leap Day last year, match 1104 in the book. This match was a blast. Yeah, that was, it was cool because, too, you know, Kit, I didn't train with him, like, directly. Like, he had, you know, quote-unquote graduated before me, but, you know, he went through backbreakers as well. And we knew each other, obviously, through there. And the thing that was cool for me about this match was, you know, while we were talking about it, while everything was happening, like, 
he not once is like, oh, well, since you're a girl, you should do this. Or since I'm a guy, like, I've done a lot of, like, intergender stuff, too. And a lot of people are like, oh, if I had a girl, I always wanted to do this in a match. Or, like, as instead of, you know, just looking at me as, like, another wrestler, an opponent, it's like, yes, I understand there's psychology and different dynamics that go on. But, like, you can still have a legitimate wrestling match between a male and a female without having to do a bunch of comedy spots or, like, just, I, I don't know if it's a lot of guys don't want to look, they feel like they look weak, you know, wrestling a female or taking certain moves or anything along those lines, and it's different for everybody. And like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people that do want to do a bunch of comedy or this, that, but, like, for me, that's just not my go-to, I guess you could say. And so it was cool that we were able to just, like, plan out a match, and it was, like, a really fun match. We did a lot of fun stuff without it ever having to be, like, oh, since it's intergender. Like, we never once talked about it in that sense. And, yeah, it was so much fun. Like, little did I know, that was almost, like, I had one match after that, probably, I think, the following weekend before everything shut down. Like, you know, I had no idea. It was just, like, you know, normal life. Everything's going good, wrestling, and then bam. But, yeah, that was this is my second last match before everything, before COVID hit. And you know, I was happy with it, for sure. That was one of my favorite matches I've had so far. And, yeah, it was cool having, you know, your refing and, you know, all. It was, like, semi-local, so a lot of, like, you know, normal fans and family and friends are there. So that was just, like, a good time. It was a lot of fun. And working with Kit Raff is always a blast. And in two weeks, the Impeccables will be here on By the Numbers. Oh, so boy. I guess this is kind of a warm-up to um, having Kita and Kit here on the show. And Kit is one of those people that will see you as an equal, as he, as should be done. It also helps that you are jacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Now you're flattering me here. <laughs> but tell me uh, more. <laughs> I didn't hear that part cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it helps that you are in very good shape, and it's very believable for you to throw him around mm-hmm. and I'm not I, and that's not a knock on women's wrestlers who are not in that kind of shape but it, it speaks to you as an individual and it speaks to his attitude towards the match and also having coach out there is always fun <laughs> I know I'm forgetting to kick him in the face that was a good time so we did this spot <laughs> where you covered Kit I think, and Coach Cal pulled me out of the ring, yes. and we argued, and Sean and I have a, a long history dating back to us having a match against each other at Backbreakers. The only problem with this entire spot is that there was no signal for me to get back in the ring. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And about 30 seconds into his arguing, or what felt like 30 seconds, I felt like the shot and I said, when am I supposed to go back in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think this far ahead before. And the OC goes, you know what? No one told me. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I just kind of shrugged and got back in the ring. And it probably looked really terrible. But <laughs> I'm trying to remember why that happened. Like, what? was happening with Kit and I or like what the distraction was for 
I, I think that he, you were going to pin him, and Sean just pulled me out of the ring. Oh, oh, that that's right. That's what it was. I pinned him, and then, like, obviously, oh, I should have won, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> but then, yeah, you're like, um, when? What? Like, you imagine if it was just, like, you know, kind of going into the finish there, and then, like, the actual ending pin came, and you're just like, da da da, go fight him, like, no idea what's going on. And it's like, we made it work. We, we did, because eventually I just kind of gave up on arguing with Sean and got back <laughs> in the ring. But it goes to show, even 16 years in, you, you'll still forget to ask little things every now and again, like, huh, when is this distraction supposed to be over? <laughs> right, right. It's like, yeah, you know, he's breaking up the pin, but what do you do from there? And, and I, I will, I will take the heat for that one because I should have been like, okay, so I know Sean's pulling me, but then what? Right. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure we'll have a chance to do it again. I know. Hopefully, when when this all comes to an end, and believe it or not, that's it. So I know we'll have more to add to this. We can hopefully do a volume two at some point and have you back on to talk about some more matches. Oh, for sure. But until then, where can people find you on the social media? Go ahead and plug some stuff. All righty. Well, we have our Instagram. I'm at Adina Steele. It's A D E N A S T E E L E. Um, same thing with Facebook. Like I have a regular page and a like page, Adina Steele. Twitter, it's at underscore Adina Steele. Switching it up there. But it wouldn't let me make it with Adina Steele. I'm like, who has that handle? Whatever. I think that's all my social media. I do have, um, no, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. I was going to say my Snapchat, but my, uh, my name is so weird that I'm just like, I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, having seen some of the messages that you receive <laughs> online, I'm going to say, let's not give out your Snapchat. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, reeled, I reeled it back in real quick. I was like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Come to think of it, let's not go down this road. Oh, God. And I did see, we're recording this on Thursday, and I actually, using the A-Show's Twitter, gave you some response today when you asked me about driving around with your hair blowing in your face. You probably didn't even realize Oh, did you? Me. To be honest, I have no idea how to use Twitter. Like, I could post something, but I don't, I really don't know how to use it. I, I don't. I don't even know how to see your response. <laughs> oh, like I, it's really bad. Like I understand Instagram, I understand Facebook. Like I got all that. For some reason, Twitter, I just don't like. It doesn't doesn't click in my brain. But I know I should have one just in case. Like that's someone's only way of contacting me. I just I I'll post stuff just so it looks like I'm a real account. But I don't know how to like look at other stuff or see what people send me. Really, I just could retweet if it tells me I was tagged in something and I'll post. But yeah, I I don't I did not see that response. <laughs> Basically, I said that it's actually pretty awesome to be able to drive around with your windows down and not have hair blow in your face. It's so not fair because it's, like, one of the best things in life. And then, like, there has to be something to ruin it a little bit. Like, today it was so warm. I'm driving to work. I have my leather jacket on. I'm just like, yes, this is the life. I open my sunroof, put the windows down. I'm like, shit, I forgot about this part where your hair just whips <laughs> you and, like, it turns into a wind tunnel. It's like, never mind then. So basically, the moral of the story here is if you want to book a Dina Steele for something, do not contact her on Twitter. It's not, uh, you're not going to get a quick response, most likely, or ever a response. (laughs) 
I'm not good at responding to things in general. Like, I'll see it and be like, oh, I'm going to answer that later. Then I forget, and then more things come, and it gets lost in the shuffle. But especially that, yeah, no. Yeah, that, go a different route. If you want to get in touch with Adina Steele, do not use Twitter. Yeah, like Instagram maybe or Facebook, but <laughs> you know, way better. Like, at least like a 75% chance of me seeing it. <laughs> 75 is pretty decent odds. Yeah. Yeah, just be persistent and optimistic and they'll all align. <laughs> I, have like, I literally have, like, the capabilities of, like, someone who grew up with no technology when it comes to that. I don't know why. I would like to thank you for joining the show. Mm, thank you. Thank you for having me. It, it's been fun, and we're going to hear some words from some other podcasts, and we'll be right back then with Johnny Toxic here on By the Numbers oh, on CKCC Radio. I'm Jason. And I'm David, and we're the hosts of the Non-North Sports Podcast. We're the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the non Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Hi, this is Anthony from the IWEP Network. We're a collection of weekly podcasts that vary in all different types of topics. We can be found on all social media, as well as any podcast or music app that you may use, as well as YouTube. We go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Here's a lineup of our five shows that you may be interested in. Interviews with Everyday People. Interviews and conversations on a positive note and just getting to know each other. Everyone has a story. Bangin' Beers podcast, beer reviews, hanging out with some friends, and much more. Truth behind illusion. Are you into ghosts, monsters, conspiracy theories, and more? Then this show will be for you. Tornado Tag Podcast. Pro wrestling stories, news, and show reviews. We love supporting indie wrestling, so come check us out. Not Cool in High School Podcast. A pop culture show where we cover movies, television, comic books, and video games. A weekly topic. So come hang out with us. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media, and we'll see you soon. And we're back here on Bite the Numbers on CKCC Radio. Thanks again to Adina Steele for joining us in the last segment. You are listening to episode 13, a very long-time friend of mine, Johnny Toxic. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Long-time listener, first-time caller, so happy to be here. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, for those who may not know you, please give some background on your wrestling history to the to the audience. All right. Well, uh, as far as pro wrestling, uh, it's always been under the same name, Johnny Toxic. You know, starting at age 15 in West Patterson, New Jersey, same place that Joey Image was trained at at IWF, and uh, they've gone through a couple different buildings, but the one we trained at was the one in West Patterson, New Jersey, right next to the river. Tiny little garage. You know, got my basics there and then kind of went out on my own. Started going more into the Pennsylvania market, uh, into, you know, some companies we've both been through, like World Star Wrestling, a couple other small ones here and there, uh, Kaida Pro, like down in way south, like Pennsylvania, like just before the border. Didn't wrestle on the show, but did a trip up to Canada to try and get a spot with Joey Image once. That was a whole other debacle that you know, kind of took a bit of a left turn on us. Uh, yeah, make sure you got you know all your paperwork when you get to the border. Let's see. Uh, eventually, you know, things kind of you know, took a different turn as they tend to do in wrestling, and we ended up opening uh, GSW in 2007, uh, November of that year, uh, in this 
tiny little spot in New Jersey, a Freemasons Hall with like a nine foot ceiling, and we didn't have a pony ring. So that was, uh, you know, quite a fun debut for, at that time, Garden State Wrestling, which would later become Grand Slam Wrestling, which has led to many different avenues and wacky adventures along the way for me, you, and a whole host of our other friends. <laughs> wacky adventures is a really good way to put it. And as a little bit of background here, after a little while, I got brought into the management side of it and would become part of the writing staff with Chris Decker. And Chris and I always had this vision of seeing what we could get John the Greenlight, no matter how ridiculous it was. That's how the window versus the chimney. Go ahead. It did lead to 1996 presidential candidate Johnny Moose in 2013. Oh, uh, candidate Moose. And Moose was way... Um, it did lead to a couple gimmicks for the Mustache Club that didn't fall... That, that fell through, but we were going to do. Yeah, you know, like changing uh, the Ghostbusters into, uh, you know, carnival people, uh, it, which is essentially what the Mustache Club looked like anyway. Yes. Uh, the carnival gimmick where they were going to challenge you to games of chance to get out of wrestling them. That one would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we've done a lot of really wacky stuff. And in the interim, we have only worked three matches together somehow. Two in Grand Slam. One, well, when it was Garden State for one. And then yep. one at Backbreakers. And the first one is a pretty monumental match for me in my career. It's the first time I worked with John, and it's the first time I worked with Bobby G. Match 500. May ah, 13, yes. 2011. My GSW debut at the college, um, whatever, County Community College. Sussex, was it? Yep. Sussex County Community it, College. In Newton, we had a lot of different venues that we ran at this college. This night, we were in the gym. Yes, uh, that was usually a trickier one to get them to agree to, you know, letting us set up the ring on their rubber floor for the basketball court and everything else. But it was easiest for me because easier, nice, easy spot to load in, big open space. And with working in the media department, all our camera equipment and everything was right across the hall. I'll never forget the pay-per-view that we ran, um, the Hurricane Sandy fundraiser, being in that production room, getting everything started, and then getting a text from AJ Evers that says, hey, you know you're on the air. And it's just Joey Image running the ropes. And that was our intro to pay-per-view. But before we got there, you wrestled Bobby in my 500th match. Yes. What is your recollection of this match? It was it was for the GSW title, for the record. Um, Bobby was the champion yep. um, on his historic 937-day reign as GSW champion. Yeah, which Bo Dakota has uh, beaten that reign now, thanks to the pandemic. Yes. Um, he's no longer champion. He did throw the belt at all of us standing in the ring. Well, it's not the first time that's happened with us. <laughs> we talked about that on the last episode with Brute, when he was like, so we got this dude just, like, throwing a belt down, and we don't know. There's, like, two people there. Why is he throwing a belt? Yeah. But but this was against Bobby. So what recollection do you have of this match with Bobby G? I mean, Bobby's, you know, total class act. Uh, definitely a wise ass as well. Uh, he's actually one that I met back in World Star Wrestling, first show I ever worked with them, and, like, I just couldn't get away from him like his personality and everything just hooks you right in and you know 
kind of like, you know, you with the matches here, you know, didn't really have much interaction as far as like in ring with him. So, you know, the storylines kind of worked their way towards actually, you know, having a chance to be in the ring with him. So I might as well run with it. But unlike other promoters, I don't go and, you know, throw a title on myself. Spoiler you do not, and and you do wind up working Bobby quite a bit, though this is the only match that I reffed of it, mm-hmm. and it led to, because you were a heel, and it led to you turning face because the Floyd family jumped you guys later on. Correct. My recollection of this night was Decker forgot his gear so that <laughs> I would make it to 500 at GSW. Right. Which was very, which was pretty cool. Uh, but then there was a cake and I've had some bad experiences with people making cakes for me in the past. So I or was cakes in wrestling my, rings. Oh, cake, cakes and wrestling rings in general. Um, <laughs> so I was very on my guard and expecting some kind of rib, especially with some of the personnel involved, um, who, some who will not be named and some that we can name. But I was yeah. definitely very on my guard. They're like, and I, I think I even got bumped in this match. And I think so. I, I I came back out like, let's get Matt back out here. It's his 500th match. We got him a cake. I'm like, I'm not getting into that ring. I know how this story ends. No. <laughs> we have nothing but a locker room full of fine, upstanding gentlemen and ladies. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that would continue years later. Um, cause the second match doesn't come for nearly three years and you're not even scheduled for this match, but that was until <laughs> AJ Evers decided to hurt his knee celebrating a victory in a different promotion. So yeah, thanks, you are Juice. a, <laughs> so you're a substitute fundraiser. Team with Eric Pin had to take on, um, I forget what they wound up calling themselves because now they were supposed to be the best friends, but then the actual best friends, not the actual best friends, but the best friends that we know today right? came along. So they were like, we can't be the best friends. It was a team of Tuck Hansen and Tony Deppin were in Nanticoke, Pennsylvania, kicking it for Joe. April 26, 2014, and match 763. That was definitely, you know, one of the highlight shows for us, you know, one of our higher attended shows. Obviously, for a good cause for you know Joe Frushan, who was battling cancer, help his family with all the traveling and everything, kind of offset their costs. Uh, but tag teaming with Pinhat was fun as hell. Yeah, no matter what, he's going to go in there. He's going to have you know a little song and dance for him to keep the people entertained. Yeah, and I just had to you know make sure I was there, get bumped where I needed to be, help you know just get us from A to B and, you know, try and have a little bit of fun as a fundraiser myself for the night. And while you did not play Connect Four, you were on the winning side of Connect Four. Yes. Or would have been, but I think Deppin or Tuck wound up jumping AJ before I could win. Mm -hmm. They tipped the table because they were jerks. Yeah. Then Um, during the match, you know, Taking care of the editing and everything after the show, hearing you know Matt Stryker taking jabs at my gear and there. <laughs> That's okay because Kev got him by saying he did black tar heroin. Oh yeah, which was definitely a, threw which him off. Which is a work, and Matt Stryker's like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> but it's awesome to see how far Tony Deppin has gone now, and to even think that we had him in that situation at that time is really cool. 
Right. Some of the, you know, like the areas we've had him in, like the, you know, new training center for one of our shows and kicking it for Joe, a couple of other events along the way. You know, I props to Deppin for just like taking a ball and running with it, no matter what you give him. The kid is a workhorse and he's going to be somewhere under a contract at some point. I'd say sooner than later. Oh, definitely. And then five years pass. <laughs> and we are now back at the initial home promotion, Backbreakers Entertainment, uh, part of the Backbreakers Training Center. We are at the Falcon's Nest in Mayfield, a show that Adina and I talked about in the last segment. This is a different match, of course. You are right. teaming with Alexander Bateman. In match 1047 in the book, June 9th, 2019, taking on the Diamond City War Machine. The last match, you're teaming with Eric, and now you're wrestling Eric. That's right. Yeah. Took five years to get there, but we did. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun one there because, like, Brad was one of the first guys I met at the WSW Training Center when it was in Pittston. When I started coming up to get polished. Yeah, that building. Um, I'll never forget the day that I worked the Impact pay-per-view. Ashley wrote, like, this book on Facebook about how she was proud of me for working my way up from this sketchy building, this scary garage with a scary ring in Pittston, mm-hmm. up to this thing. And it's funny because I could look out my back window here in my office, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I could see that building now. <laughs> because I live that close to that scary training center. God, that, how did we survive that place, John? Hopes and prayers. <laughs> we didn't have Facebook likes to survive at that point. No, 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 no. <laughs> maybe, maybe MySpace comments and, and yes. bulletins. That, that's how we survived at that point. But yeah, just you know, essentially a hollowed-out garage with the drop tile ceiling torn apart to give a little extra room for bumps. The and wood frame ring. By a little, we mean a little. <laughs> yeah, got like a whole extra six inches out of that. There was no training for top rope moves in this building. There was no training for middle rope moves in this building. This place was just scary as shit. No heat, barely electricity. Uh, I do not miss that at all. I'm so glad that we've moved on to bigger and better. I don't know. I kind of wish some of the students nowadays would have to deal with that same kind of stuff as well, make them a little rougher around the edges. So... Yeah, you met Brad at that training center, and I know Eric and I went through there as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you came with Bateman. Yeah, uh, the Bateman thing uh, just kind of popped up. Like, a few months before that, there was someone that canceled out on a Backbreakers show. So I just said, all right, go ahead, throw me in there with the kid. I'll guide him through the match because he was still maybe four or five matches in at that point. I don't know off the top of my head. But, you know, he's a good kid, good head on his shoulders, has plenty of size to him, so he just needs to, you know, have the right guidance to get him to where he needs to be. And I'm pretty sure I worked his debut, or one of his early matches, he wrestled Squid Sterling right. at, at Backbreakers, and I was like, you've got something here. <clears throat> just listen and take advice from us. Mm-hmm. And and you you'll 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 do it. Yeah, soak it all in. Cherry pick <laughs> what works for you. He but. he did. I always remember he did um the the Vader just like standing still, just like splash yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that looked really cool. I'm glad you did that. You should keep doing that. Yes, just completely um, flatten the guy. 
in this case, me. <laughs> Which is but, funny because you were his partner. Right. Um, so, I, I, obviously, this this alludes to the fact that the Diamond City War Machines picked up the win in this match. Yes. I damn near got uh, decapitated by the rope if it wasn't for uh, Pinhead grabbing onto my leg a little bit on their flapjack. Because I jumped like hell for them, and they also gave their usual little nudge up that you know some people need when they're in there. And I was maybe six inches away from hitting the ropes on the way down. For reference, the backbreakers ring is not huge. No, <laughs> so I'm used easy. to our DSW ring. Yeah, the, uh, which is an 18 foot ring, 18 by Correct. 18, where the backbreakers is 16 by 16, and you may not realize it, but there's a big difference between an 18 and a 16. Yes. But, I, like I said, thankfully, you know, Pinhat clinched on my uh, leg, like, right about my knee when I was up in the air, and, you know, he kept me, at least from, you know, essentially getting stun-gunned on the rope. That would have been bad, because you wouldn't have been ready for it, and that would have gotten you very hurt. Yeah. I remember Shane Black, when he was running PWA, had the 20-foot ring. Oh, that and, ring. And Fruit complains about my ring. Let's get him in that ring. <laughs> I just remember feeling like I had so much room for activities. Mm-hmm. And then the following weekend, I worked in the Mess Brothers ring, which is a 16-foot ring. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was going to trip over everybody. So we don't have any more matches to talk about, but here is a completely unprepared question. Sure. What is your favorite moment from GSW and your least favorite moment from GSW? Oh, I hate them all. Every single thing. <laughs> well, come on, we're not shooting that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, honestly, like GSW has just been, you know, Great overall since starting in 2007, just having that freedom and you know, being able to bring other people in to help with direction and give people you know a chance to showcase themselves in ways that they might not have been able to otherwise. Like you know, there have been plenty of people that we've you know broken in and helped them cut their teeth along the way down at the bottom here, and just see them kind of rise up over time, and like that's really the main thing for me is, you know, I know I'm not going to go grab some major contract or anything, but if I can help give that, you know, one extra little step on a path for someone, by all means, take it and run. And that is how I've always viewed our place in wrestling in GSW, because there are places that try to book in that super indie style, and there are places that are just like the dirt worst. But our goal was the local family-friendly promotion that was a little bit of something for everybody and gave you an opportunity to get out there in front of a different kind of crowd and do your thing and see what works and see what doesn't. And all the workers, for the most part, were pretty solid. And it was always a a pretty good roster overall. And, and we always had fun. We always had fun. Well, my bank account might not agree there sometimes, but this is true. <laughs> but there, there were some rough ones. The product that we were able to put out, I, I thought we always had a solid presentation. And Brute talked about this a couple weeks ago, how we really made the Music Youth Center our own, oh, and yeah. it just grew and became its own 
thing and then moving to the arena and making that our own thing. Like, mm-hmm. not being under that pavilion in Newton, New Jersey anymore, changing in a shed. <laughs> yeah. The former pool shed for the pool that's no longer, you know, actually at the school because they filled it with concrete and made that pavilion. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, I liked that pavilion. I thought that was mm-hmm. a cool setup, but... <laughs> It had its caveats. Yes. Or that tiny little theater mm-hmm. um, in Newton or the middle of an intersection in Newark or. Oh, God. No, never happened. Nope. Can't or, prove it. Um, I know the footage exists somewhere. Nope. Oh, OK. So you did burn it all. OK. And not the DVD. Like, like, light it on fire kind of stuff. Like. Uh, most of it, for whatever reason, didn't actually record to the hard drive that day. Something errored, which is why nothing ever actually saw the light of day. So sadly, from that show, all I mostly have is, like, footage from the Jersey Wrestling Elite portion of it, which was earlier in the day. Before the two rain delays. Right. <laughs> and the strippers wandering away from the police event over toward the ring and... Me and that was plates of food from the buffet out to our tents for the guys because they wouldn't let the guys in to eat, even though it was part of the agreement. <sighs> At least Joe didn't cut that promo. Oh wait, no, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did cut that promo, and that that was that was not good. No, but we, we talked about that in episode seven. So if you want to go back, episode seven of By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio, and a lot of these GSW shows. And I know I said it in the last segment, and because I recorded it last night, I know I say it in the next segment. You can see a lot of these 20, almost all the 2017 GSW shows by going to independentwrestling.tv. And if you use the code word numbers, you get your first five days free as a new user. And you can see Radley Belmont get thrown, <laughs> powerbombed to the floor by Ben Ortiz. And <laughs> you can see um, Crazy Kevin Graham... Kevin Graham choke me out at the direction of my own sister. <laughs> you can see the death cage and you can see all the wacky stuff we did in Old Forge. Oh, oh, oh the death cage. cage. Yeah. Brad wouldn't let me hook a car battery to it. I mean, there's a difference between a death match and actual death. No one would have had to touch the cage. We'd put signs up, you know, for the fans to say, you know, stay away. So where can people find you on social media, John? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, we've got the GSW Facebook page. Uh, You just search for GSW Pro Wrestling on there. On Instagram, you can find me uh, under N-E-P-A-J-T, I believe. And I'm pretty sure I changed that to my handle for Twitter as well just to keep everything together easier. Yeah, any PHAT. Mostly all you'll find on there is, you know, pictures of me hanging out with my little dude Logan or, you know, things from DJing or, you know, occasionally an IWTV production that I'm helping out with. There's not really that much of a social media following for Johnny Toxic the Wrestler, not much of a call for it. Kind of like uh, my Elder Statesman Award from class of 2016 that had, you know, my record as six wins, 14 losses at that time. And I, it's probably not improved very much. No. 
And I will say that's the one cool thing about being part of this group is like John's son was born, I think, four months after my daughter. Yep. And then Chris Decker, my co-host on the A show, his daughter was born four months after that. So like all of our on kids are growing birthday. up together. And like it's just really cool that like it's not just pro wrestling. Like we're all like our kids are all doing stuff together all the time. Mm. Avery and Rosie made plans for this weekend. They didn't ask us. <laughs> we're like, we're like you're seven. How are you gonna get there? <laughs> um Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Avery in a stranger's car. So one time we were in an Uber with Chris Decker, and this was after he had talked to a couple from Indianapolis on a subway train going to a Mets game, and uh, talked their ears off from Secaucus. We were on a New Jersey transit train from Secaucus to Penn Station. It's like, so what's Indianapolis like? And I'm like, oh, it's great. <laughs> it's a place, you know, people live there going to the city and he's asking them all these questions and they did the same thing to the uber driver after we missed our stop in Secaucus on the way back and had to take the train all the way to newark but my car was in lindhurst new jersey so we get this uber and decker's like so nice car you got here he's just talking this dude's ear off this guy's like can't i just drive You just lost your five-star rating, pal. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we, we hooked him up. He he passed the Decker test. Mm-hmm. So thank you, John, for joining me here. Hopefully we have three more matches in the future so we can do a second round of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not in the ring that much, so I should have plenty of room left on my bump card compared to some of our friends. Definitely. Thank you for joining, and stay tuned. Tommy Vex is next here on By the Numbers on CKCC Radio. Hey friends, Chris O'Mealy here, and if you're into nerd culture like I am, then you'll love my show, The Nerd Table, airing every Monday morning at 7am on the CKCC radio channel. Eric Flores, Dan Peck, and myself discuss everything from movies, TV shows, video games, music, sports, and more, while we tell hilarious stories, interview interesting people, and just have fun conversations about the things we enjoy. Check us out every Monday at 7 a.m. on CKCC Radio. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons, CKCC Radio delivers the Stupid Sexy Podcast every Friday evening as Dan Peck and I review every episode of The Simpsons ever. All this and many other great shows can be found on CKCC Radio. Listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. It's the place where the stars of today made their name. Now get the inside story of Ring of Honor from those that lived it with an honorable mention. Join Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn and his co-host Jeff Schwartz as they break down a classic Ring of Honor event every Tuesday and get the -the behind-the-scenes scoop and inside stories that you won't hear anywhere else. An honorable mention available every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. For exclusive bonus content, plus early ad-free access to every show, check out patreon.com slash an honorable pod. And we're back here on CKCC Radio with By the Numbers, episode 13. We've heard from Adina Steele. We've heard from Johnny Toxic. And now it's time to hear from our final guest for the evening, Tommy Vex. Saving the best for last. Good choice there, Matty D. Um... Really just saving the person I have the most matches with for last. Well, you don't have to say that part. You can cut that part out. 
the whole. That that part I'll actually duplicate and play three or four times. <laughs> That's not nice, man. <laughs> so Tommy has pretty much been begging me nonstop to be on a podcast, and because Decker doesn't want to deal with them, I'm having them here. Wow, really throwing me under the bus there. I kid. I'm excited to have Tommy here. <laughs> it it has been quite a long time since I've had the opportunity to really speak with Tommy or really interact with Tommy much other than saying, hey, it'd be cool to go to Music Fest. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we we got to mention the fact that, like, last time I saw you, the world wasn't over. No, and now it kind of is, but it'll be back one day. Earth yeah, two. No, we'll, yeah, <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> so, for our listening audience who may not know you, please introduce yourself. Uh, well, I am a wrestler of the professional variety. I wear underwear in public places. Uh, sometimes I read love poems and my girlfriend gets mad at me. And, uh, yeah, I've been wrestling since, uh, 2016. And, uh, yeah, so you've pretty much been there from the very beginning of my wrestling life. So we have quite the pretty history. much, yeah, yeah, quite the history, but not a lot of matches. And um, yep. your girlfriend, I gotta say, she is a trooper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> she puts up with quite a bit. I mean, she, hey, I got my PS Five. No wait, did you legit get your PS Five? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like for real, for real, for real, you got it. Yeah, she got it. For um, me. She, she's a real sweet girl that um, has a high tolerance for shenanigans. <laughs> That's an understatement. I think you're understating it there. Um, as, as we spoke of Music Fest, we were, I'm sure we were both bummed that we did not get to introduce her to Igor and the Red Elvises this past oh, summer. I'm so bummed. Yeah, and that stream that they did just wasn't it. That's just, that's not the good first impression that we want to give. No, actually, this stream was awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, I filmed it on my Nokia. Uh, it's like they filmed it on the first, they filmed it on Bo Nakoda's cell phone. <laughs> That's a fair point. And um, it cut out like every nine seconds and Avery was like, why are we watching this? It's barely even playing. <laughs> and I was like, because it's Igor and the Red Elvis. And she goes, yeah, but it just shut off again. <laughs> I'll just go on YouTube and watch the. Watch the videos yeah. I got up there. Listen, I want my Honda back over and over and over again. You know, I think actually, instead of that, I'm pretty sure over dinner one night, I made her watch some of the songs, just some of the live songs that they did, just so she has a general idea. And see, I do the opposite. Like, when we bring someone new to see them, it is completely cold. We give them Yeah, nothing. no context. I No Nothing at all. Like, well, the first time you came to see them? I, actually, I think you had already seen them the night before. Yeah, we were just walking, and yeah, we just ended up there. So you did mention that in 2016 you got your start, and I've been there for the majority of your career. And yes, sir. For, for the two of us, that begins at the Music Youth Center. On November 12th, 2016, you are still Angus Bedford at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember the that? Goat. The GOAT, baby. Uh, you are teaming with... El Vaquero, who was Cyrus Mars under a mask, and you are taking on the Cashmasters in match 921 in the book. Tell me about this. So from what I remember about it, uh, the Cashmasters were actually involved in my first match, so I was actually very excited. It was a, uh, the first match that I had was against them. It was a four-way 
tag match, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I really didn't know what I was doing even then when I got to wrestle them. But I just remember being so excited because Clay and Sean, I've known them from the beginning, and it's just always fun to hang out with them. So I figured wrestling them would be just as fun. And being in the ring with them is always ridiculous, no matter (laughs) what. They they raise the bar of the ridiculousness because I'm quite ridiculous myself. But when yes, you are. You have to you have to turn it up a little bit, even. You do, and this was during the time when I think that you were doing pretty much nothing but wrestling Trajan. Yeah, that sounds about right. And him destroying me, and me destroying him. I have, man, I have these. Uh, they're pretty much work boots, but they look like cowboy boots, and that's what I was wearing for the first little while there. And, uh, yeah, Trajan and I would definitely beat the crap out of each other. So this is really your first non-Trajan experience in GSW. In GSW, yes. I would say that was probably probably the first time. I'm trying to remember how El Vecuero, is that how you say that? Um, I said Vecuero, you say Vecuero. Vecuero. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it was Cyrus Mars, under a mask, pretending yeah, to be. I, 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 I don't know how that came to be. I don't remember how that came to be, but I remember how it ended. It ended with an empty arena match, and I got hit by a car, actually being driven by Trajan. Bring that back full circle. Just to bring it completely full circle, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, God. But that's not the only tag team that you're involved in here. Actually, a lot of these matches are tag matches. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of that guy that they're just like, well, just go team with him and get away from me. I don't know. (laughs) And that's how you became Mark Hart's problem. <laughs> that's a good, good segue here, I think, right? Yeah, because now we're going to Berwick for True Wrestling. It is February 15th, 2017. Match 941. You're teaming with Mark, it looks like for the first time, yep. here against Aaron Anthony and Tommy Boy Floyd, the team known as Sweet and Sour. Yes, Tom Floyd, my favorite wrestler of all time. He's... He's definitely up there with the greats. I'd put him up right up there next to Shawn Michaels, if I'm being totally honest with you. I remember being so bummed that, I mean, it was awesome because we were going to Disney, but there was a true show the night before we left for Disney, and Tommy was wrestling Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And I was like, I am going to miss Tommy and Orange Cassidy, and I also missed Ace Austin jumping off the basketball net. Oh, that was that night? That you yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I mean, still, we got to go to Disney, and that was cool. Disney's uh, but, cool, but Tom Floyd's cooler. We're just going to take all of this time to put Tom Floyd over. And, you know, and Tom Floyd is a giant Disney mark, so he's, he's probably going to listen to this. Should he actually listen to it, which now I'm going to text him and make sure that he does. He's going to go, I'm not cooler than Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. Yeah, Tom Floyd definitely is. I'd say... He's about 10 to 12 times better than Disney. So you're wrestling Tommy in one of these matches, and then you have another one here. April 29th, 2017, match 946 against Perfect Storm. So let's talk about teaming with Mark. What was teaming with Mark like? So at the the beginning there, how that started, I remember this. It goes back to the sweet and sour thing. I wrestled, I don't don't even remember, but I remember Mark Hart ended up wearing this... uh, the elf suit, because I was, I was his little boy. I lost the match, and uh, he ended up having to wear an elf suit. It was a, definitely a lot of fun. There's a picture of you and I, actually. 
uh, and laughing at laughing at Mark in his elf suit. I think he's one of the perfect elves in the world, right behind Tom Floyd, of course. It was not to be for Tom that night, but I think that was against uh, Big Aaron Nasty. Yeah, I forget exactly who it was. But anyway, I lost the match. Mark wears the suit. Uh, the whole idea, this was a really good idea from the beginning that it never really came to be. So the idea was I start with three hearts at the end of the name. And if I was bad, I would lose a T. And if I was good, I would gain a T. And I wanted to have a whole board and everything like that. Never really happened, unfortunately. But that was pretty much, yeah, it was pretty much teaming with uh, <laughs> with Mark. And, I mean, you guys you guys did well. You guys wrestled the Rock and Roll Express at yeah. one point. That was a thing that we did, yeah. Yeah, I was with them when I did that. I, I didn't ref that match, so it's not listed here, but you got to do it. You got to wrestle Ricky and Robert. Uh, could I tell you my Robert Gibson story that I probably shouldn't tell, but I'm going to do it anyway? Sure, it's not like he's going to listen to this? No, it was. it's all on my end. It just, um, I'm a fool is basically why I shouldn't be telling it. But, so when I was wrestling them, he had me in a headlock and was whispering sweet nothings, which was tackle drop down i didn't hear the tackle part so i dropped down for real he trips over me and ends up hitting his head on the rope on the opposite side of the ring and bleeding oh yeah yeah i'm lucky he's a nice guy because that would be an awkward trip back to the uh back to his hotel because he was riding in my car so that would have been awkward if he was mean but he was super cool about i was super apologetic obviously but yeah, it's uh, that's one of the things that I'd like to do over just that whole match. Knowing now, knowing that tackle typically comes before drop down. Uh, no, just knowing wrestling the way that I know it now, like I wouldn't make that mistake again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I guess pretty much I just agreed with what you said, but used different words. So, so yes, Matt. Fair enough. So teaming with Mark was fun, and eventually. Mark takes some time off, and you strike out on your own. Yep. Single star, baby. Shawn Michaels of the group. Star, in air quotes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to turn into the roast of Tommy Vex. Oh, I, I'll roast myself uh, all day. I hope. I, I know you will. That, that's kind of why I'm heading in that direction. So Humility, I think, is the word that I want to use, but I don't know. Humiliation? Uh, well, humiliation? I... I it's the one where it's like, I know I know what it is. I, I get myself. No, humility is the right word. Yeah. And yes, I got it right. We move along. Still in Berwick. You're on your own now. It's uh, November 25th, 2017. And you are wrestling Tony Depp in a match 980 in the book. That was one of the more overwhelming matches because the way that he, uh, just the way that he works is much different of a style than I'm used to. It's a lot of little intricate transitions and stuff like that, and I honestly could not keep up with him. I just couldn't. And, yeah, I he's so good. That's all I have to say. He's, he's so good. And I actually now remember this night. Now yeah. that you talk about being nervous about it and it being very different, I now remember you being very nervous going out there. Yeah, because there was just so much, so many little things that it's just, 
it's hard for me to wrap my head around in the amount of time that we took to to talk over everything. It was just so much stuff that I wasn't used to, and I'm still not used to. And he definitely does work a very different style than you're accustomed to. Yes. There's another singles match here that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on this show. <laughs> but I had but I had Trajan on, and it's against Trajan Horn. We are in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. It is March 31st, 2018. Match 998 in the book. Yes, good old Trajan. So springtime was approaching. It was a beautiful day, and I was ready to have a great match where nobody dies against Trajan for the first time ever. But that was not meant to be. <laughs> not on that night. Uh, and it was just one of those things that happened. It's not his fault. It's not anybody's fault. It just happens sometimes. Uh, so what we were going to do, it was a urinagi on the apron, but the, we were just standing a little far away. I don't even know what happened, but I ended up like scraping half of my back on the uh, on the apron there, the hardest part of the ring, mind you. And it was more of like a brush burn than anything on my back. But, man, that was painful. Trying to peel the shirt off of my body for the next week because of the, the cut that it left. Not a good time. No, because it is the hardest part of the ring, of course. I don't know if, you, I don't know if my listeners have, have heard that. But uh, probably not. It's not. It's not something that gets said a whole lot. It's not a cliche or anything like that. No, not at all. Uh, but that is the, what what happened to Tommy. Isn't necessarily because there's no give on the apron. It's because it was where the edge of the wood was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's padding, but not always necessarily to the end of the ring. Because who's bumping on the apron? It is, it's the hardest part of the ring. Ooh, 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 I am. <laughs> so at this point, it's just like straight wood under canvas, which that canvas can leave a burn on its own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My elbows are all scarred up from it. and I don't wear elbow pads, and I probably should. I would recommend wearing elbow pads. I always... And, like, I, I obviously don't take a whole lot of bumps as a ref, but I always get nervous about taking bumps without elbow pads on because like, it just feels weird to have nothing there to me because when I trained, I wore elbow pads. Yeah. So it, it feels weird to not wear elbow pads when I bump, even though I've been doing it for 16 years now. Because it would really telegraph when I'm taking a ref bump if I go out there wearing elbow pads. Can you do that sometime? Could you wear <laughs> elbow pads just for one match? And if you want that, you take a bump in, please. Just do that for me. <laughs> Am I going to let Tommy bump me ever? Let's think about this. Yes. Uh, for Only this with a Canadian destroyer. Oh, because I'm definitely, definitely um, athletic enough to take that for sure. And I'm definitely athletic enough to give it. <laughs> Straight two. <laughs> so... The canvas burns as it is, and then you add in the edge of the wood, and it was just a bad situation. Yeah, I didn't even know that it was messed up until, I mean, obviously it sucked. I landed on the floor pretty much. Very, <laughs> very little, uh, little catching ability by the, uh, the hardest part of the ring there. So I flopped on the floor pretty hard, but aside from that, I didn't really know that anything, you know, I, I didn't feel 
the brush burn or anything like that. You don't feel that right away. That's something that you feel when you go back and you see it. You look in the mirror. Oh, that looks terrible. So, you know, I took a picture of it for the clout, posted it on the Internet. <laughs> and, I mean, at that point, you're not thinking about a potential brush burn because you just full-on bumped on a, on a high school gym floor. Yeah, you have to ask yourself, am I alive? And That's thankfully you were. <laughs> Uh, I think I think I was anyway. I don't know. Um, I, I think we'd be having a much different conversation, a very one-sided conversation, if you were. Yeah, I was gonna say if you were having a conversation with me and I was no longer living, that'd be weird. Yes, it would. Also weird. <laughs> you joined a generic cult. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Great USA. I love America. <laughs> so. You join up with the movement, I think it was called. And I, I can't yeah. believe, like, yep. it was only like a year and a half ago, and I'm sitting here thinking, what the fuck was that called? It was the movement. The movement. How do so, you know? So Sean was stepping back from wrestling duties and became a manager of sorts. Uh-huh. A cult leader. Get it right. <laughs> and adapted the persona of Sean Andrew Jones, and you just became Thomas. Thomas. Good old Thomas. And Clay just became Clayton. And you wore black gear. And yes. did very generic cult things. And in match 1024 in the book, you team with Clay and Berwick at True Wrestling November 24th, 2018, to take on Jason Furious and Unbreakable Andy. Yes. Uh, I remember that match very much so. Uh, I remember standing there. Um, when Andy wanted to, uh, do a backflip on top of us from inside of the ring over the post and on top of us. And I think I was probably more scared for him than he was because Andy's a psycho, but he's also so freaking good. He's so good. He is one of like the best kept secrets for real. worst yeah. kept secrets because everyone knows he's good. He just doesn't. Leave Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. And he, so good. He was supposed to wrestle at uh, Joey Janela's spring break, the one that was in New Jersey, and then he yeah. got hurt. And I don't know if he's wrestled since. Yeah, I don't think he has. But uh, yes, also during this match, because uh, somehow a theme of this is just me getting wrecked. Uh, so uh, I don't exactly remember what was going on, but I remember at one point. I caught an elbow directly in the ear from Furious, and I was so worried that I was going to get cauliflower ear, and I was going to look like a, a fool walking around with a big old ear. But uh, luckily, that never really that never happened. It's a little hard though. There's there's some blood in there, but I don't have cauliflower ear. So rest assured, listeners, I do not have cauliflower ear. And thank goodness for that. And I now remember him dying. I remember Andy diving over the post because there is a picture of it somewhere. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why I vividly remember that part. Yeah. Thank you, Eric Pinhat. The goat, the goat of picture taking, I must say. Him and absolutely. him and Johnny G. Oh, Johnny G. Is and then there's so Jennifer good. Dowd as well, who's also up and coming and and getting up there with them. Absolutely, Jennifer shot. My match when I wrestled uh, Coach Cal and Carver Cross. Yeah. Because Eric obviously couldn't shoot the match because he was my tag partner. Yep. Then those 
the photographers are some of the 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 unsung heroes, if you will. Because without them, what am I going to post on the Instagram and get 20 likes on, you know? <laughs> 20 likes? Look out. Someone's getting 20 likes around here. It's not me. Um, <laughs> I'll go like all of your posts. So we go from Eric Pinhat to Edna Pinhart. Oh, let's go. I, I didn't even plan that one. It just kind of happened. Yeah. But we are at the LVAC. And look. Tommy is liking my all of my <laughs> yes. pictures on Instagram. I'm currently right now. on the gram liking everything. So we're at the LVAC, the Lehigh Valley Athletic Coalition. You're literally liking every single picture. My phone is blowing up because Tommy is liking every single picture on my yeah, Instagram right now. You asked for the likes. I'm so a upset about the Mets stuff you got going on there. I don't know how you could be. And it's the Mets. It's fantastic. So. We are at what was that building called? I can't remember. It's the Sokols, the the Bethlehem Sokols, or something like that. The Bethlehem Sokols. It's about 115 degrees in this building. Oh God, yeah. And um, so that show happened, and it was a block away from where I live. I walked up the street to get there, so I had a bunch of people that I know there, family and friends and stuff like that. Um, and, and that match was match 1055 in the book, July 19th, 2019. You are taking on in a six-way scramble, Molly yep. McCoy, the now Edith Surreal, at that point still life with apricots and pears. Yep. Thief Ant, Bull Hightower, and the previously aforementioned Edna Pinhart. I remember, yeah, it was about 150 degrees in that building. But the one thing that I loved so much, it wasn't your average wrestling crowd that I'm used to being in front of. It was a pretty much on a college campus. Now, granted, it was summertime, obviously, July. But it was a very college-like crowd. A lot of young adults, uh, very, very intoxicated. So it was just one of those shows that they were into everything, and it was just so much fun. And I had been trying to work at this promotion since they opened. Um, a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine, their band played the first show. And therefore, from there, I tried to get on, but I didn't know who was running it. Um, I just know my friend Nick was like, talk to Chris Reject. And eventually, I was contacted by their booker because they needed a ref for this particular show. Mm. And I Ironmaned it, and it was a lot of fun. It's very much like a scene kid kind of crowd. Yeah. And and there were three hardcore bands that played after, and, like, it was a really, really cool experience. Yeah, th those, man, I wish I could get on all of those shows. Honestly, I don't even know who, who the guy is there. Um, <laughs> but I, I was on the show, so go figure that out. <laughs> and I remember you being severely sunburned for this match. Was I? I, I think. I think I remember you having a okay. very significant sunburn, um, which I'd imagine with how hot that building was did not help. Yeah, I would imagine it wouldn't. I think I wore a shirt because of that, and also because I'm fat, but mostly because of sunburn. Um, not because of fatness, because of no. sunburn. 
No, 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 no. The 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 sunburn will make the abs pop. The ab pop, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I remember one spot from the match. It was Molly McCoy. And just with that kind of crowd that it was, I knew that they would be very much into it. I uh I went to kick her in her uh in her lady parts, but she caught me with said lady parts and then went on to spin me so hard that I did a front flip. <laughs> that was a good time. And everything about these shows is just so cleverly thought out. Like, and they, these matches, they know what they're doing for this crowd. I remember a four-way match that started with uh, a rock, paper, scissors competition, a tournament. Oh, that, and that's something that they, that that crowd there would just eat alive. It's so good. Yeah. And then just the the Bunkers main event with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy on opposing sides. Yeah. And all sorts of fun. I, I want to go back there for sure. Yeah. Chris, if I, you're listening, call me. <laughs> yo, I'll give you my number, too. 8675309. Give me a call. Buzz me. <laughs> page him. Page me, yes. Up on the old pager. And then... Very different the following week, going back to Berwick. And this is still really good, though. Like, we're not saying that this is a bad different. It's a good different. It's just different from what we just talked about. Yep. We're back at True, July 27th, 2019, match 1062 in the book. The movement is just about no more. But you are teaming with Sean, taking on Clay and Trajan Horn. Yes, sir. Uh, So... Yeah, it was Sean and I versus no longer Clayton. I think that was the very last time. I think the big stipulation was if the movement loses, the movement must disband. And unfortunately, we were not victorious, so that was the end of the generic cult. They ridded (laughs) us from true wrestling. And I actually remember having to cut that promo before the match. Sean's like... You're going to make the stipulation. I was like, why? Because <laughs> you're the ref. Because you're the authority figure there at True Wrestling, okay? I, I am. Oh, wait, no. You know what? That was the previous month, excuse me, when I banned you and Sean from ringside. Because it was, yeah, it was, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm vaguely remembering this. I just, every interaction I've ever had with you is just so much fun. Whenever I get to argue with you in the ring. It's always just such a fun time. That's one of my favorite things ever. I just wanted to to get that off my chest since it's a big secret. <laughs> he does. He politics for me to ref his matches. So that just he can so I can argue. Yeah. And, and we have a good my time goal. with that. It's always my goal to make you laugh, Matt, and it never works. I could make a lot of people laugh while I'm in there, but you're one that I can't get to break. You get me to break, because it's easy, but... Well, yeah. I mean, I have broken a couple times. I have I'm... not been at fault for it, and it kind of makes me upset, so... I know that Tommy Floyd did it to me once. Well, he's the greatest of all time, so... Um, actually, That's I think it. the most recent was when he shoved the cupcake in my face at GSW. I wasn't there at that show. I think I was somewhere else, so I didn't see that, but... Tom Floyd did it, so I know that it was great. Yeah, he took a cupcake from the Cub Scouts concession stand 
and just put it in my face. I hope he paid for it. Like money ah. goes to good to good cause. It does. The week before that is the last match in the book for now. We are at that same building, the True Mill, for Bumps and Bruises Wrestling. And this is a three-way exhibition of wrestlers from Work Rate Entertainment. It is Tommy Vex, it is Grizzly Rodriguez, and it is not Trevor Cage. <laughs> like I said, like four <laughs> times. <laughs> that, was, that was a big old test on him because he's just a young kid. So, you know, sometimes situations aren't always handled the correct way. So that's just one of those tests just to see how we react. Uh, it was Trevor Kage. Yes. And this is match 1100 in the book. 1100. That's a big, that's a big milestone. That I it have is. Yeah. Uh, I like those bumps and bruises. I like those shows because uh, I was training at Keikoa's school, which was work great wrestling school. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and those were, <laughs> and those, uh, both, uh, both of them were his students up there. So I got to train with them quite often because I go up there pretty much all the time. So it was cool to be able to get them out and, yeah, that was in front of a crowd at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool to, to be able to go and have a match with them because, uh, obviously, when you're early on in your days, not everybody's going to want to help you out with that. So it's nice to be able to, to be the guy who can do that, even if it's at a small scale uh, student show, pretty much. Absolutely. Every little bit counts. Like, that bit of experience is very important. Yep. And I remember that match. I have known Grizzly for a long while. Oh, yeah. I knew him before I even knew him, if that made sense. It didn't. So, <laughs> I knew Grizzly from Excite Wrestling up in Binghamton. And then he made his way down to work rate. So I've known Grizzly for a while. He's a good kid. And Trevor's a good kid, too. Trevor has so much natural ability. Yep. It's insane. Athletic. Yeah. He's got the athletic side of things down. And and Grizzly has come a long way since I, 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 I'd worked like a student scramble match of his up at Excite. Yeah. And he was one of the few that would listen. And, um, take advice. Yep. So, so I knew that he was going to be good down the line. Like, that match was kind of a mess, and he'll tell you that. Yep. But, not, not this match. This match was no. fun. But the, yep. the Excite match was kind of a mess. But in talking to Grizzly after, he was listening, and he took my advice and was actually paying attention. So, I knew he was gonna, I knew he was gonna be good. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's somebody who will listen and will uh, he he takes advice very well and he takes criticism very well, which is very very important. Like if you watch a match back with him, I'm not necessarily good at it, but we watch the matches back at Kekoa's house and just go over everything, you know, just little things. And he would always be really receptive to that, which is good. And you know, he he just he doesn't have a bad attitude towards getting told that he's wrong. And you see that with a lot of young kids in the yeah, business. No. So, so, uh, good for him on that. Yeah, and I was happy. I got to, uh, don't mean to flex or anything like that, but, uh, 
No, I was happy that it was him that I got to wrestle uh, at MCW when uh, it was the last show before the world shut down, actually. So me working somewhere notable like that ended the world. We'll blame it on that. And then after the world ended, this one's not actually in the book because it didn't like happen in front of a crowd. It's not actually in the show. Oh, you know what? You mother. I was hoping you were going to slip on that. There's one more match technically to discuss. One morning, I'm sitting at home, just doing whatever, and I get a message from Kekoa. He's like, hey, I have this idea. Are you down? I'm like, of course I'm down. That sounds hilarious. And it'll become the quarantine match. Yes. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> the greatest professional wrestling match of all time that doesn't avoid Tom Floyd. So it is Tommy Jax and Kekoa. Filmed on location. <laughs> yeah. Yep. At a couple locations. Um, I am actually in my home office right now where my part was filmed via FaceTime. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That was that took so long to, to film and stuff like that. Basically, I just had the general idea of, like, it would be hilarious if there was a wrestling match, but over FaceTime. And then Kiko, I pretty much wouldn't take no for an answer. I pretty much was like, yeah, no, this is happening either way. But then he took that general idea and made it what it was. And, oh, my God, it, he knocked it out of the park. He did all the editing and, you know, all the ideas for the shots and stuff like that. And that's so good. It's such a, a good quality, well-produced match. And my role in this match was I was the second ref when Becky Phillips got bumped. Yes, I believe she got hit with a chair via FaceTime. And then I was, quote-unquote, eating breakfast <laughs> in my ref shirt. Well, well, all referees wear their ref shirt anywhere, just in case a fight breaks out. If you're at Outback Steakhouse and a fight breaks out, you got to be there. you got to be ready to go. No one goes to Outback Steakhouse. Hey, I went there one time, and it was actually very good. Their bread is delicious. Uh, um, no one goes to Outback Steakhouse. Anyway, so I was in my ref gear, in my house, eating Cheerios. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I reacted very slowly when Tommy called me and was covering Keikoa for a pin, which I guess I instinctively was like, oh, wait, I'm refing a match now. Yeah, yeah, you were the yeah you were the second rep. Yeah, and it was fun to be a part of. I was only in it for like ten seconds tops, but it it was a fun little project to be a part of. And I didn't think we'd still be sitting here not really wrestling at this point. <laughs> yeah, but here we are. Yeah, uh, it seems like we're getting closer, though. There's, I know at the, like, summertime last year, we were allowed to do stuff outside. Uh, and yeah. with the vaccine rolling out and stuff like that, I'm sure come summertime, we'll be able to have some more fun stuff happening. It just sucks. It's boring right now. It is. But you'll be in the book much more, I'm sure. I and... sure hope so. 
And like I said to Adidas Steel earlier in this episode, we'll just have to do a second round of this. Yeah. So before we take it home, plug anything that you'd like to plug, any social medias, anything like that. Uh, you could probably like find me everywhere just by searching Tommy Vex with a C V E C S, not with an X. Uh, I know I I'm pretty sure that I'll come up on both Instagram and Twitter like that. Um, I'm just a big jacked up buff dude. I have like long luscious curly hair and one of the most excellent mustaches in the world. So if you see that, you know it's me. Why are you outwardly lying to people? I'm not. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm I'm somewhere around six foot six, somewhere around two sixty pure muscle. Like think about Batista if he had long hair, um a mustache and no tattoos. That would yeah, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> what? Can I help you? <laughs> so Look Tommy up on Instagram and Twitter, and... You can go like my Facebook page that hasn't been posted on since 2017. <laughs> look up Angus Bedford. There's a Facebook page, or a, uh, a Facebook account for Angus Bedford. He's not very active anymore, I don't think. I can't imagine why. Hey, he wrestled th- this year. I saw he was down in Georgia earlier this year. Oh. Yeah, he wrestled Keiko. He got a stick horse shoved up his butt. It was a whole thing. Everything is legal in the South. Um, and you could see pictures and videos of that by following me on Instagram. There you go. And if you'd like to see some of Tommy's uh, GSW work, some of the true stuff, if you go to independentwrestling.tv, if you are a new user, um, use the code word NUMBERS, and you'll get your first five days for free. Ooh, that sounds like a deal, although I'm already subscribed, so. <laughs> but if you're not, listener, you can go to independentwrestling.tv and do that today and get your first five days for free. Two weeks from now, here on By the Numbers, the Impeccables will be joining me. That will be fun. <laughs> to, I love the least. Impeccables. Yep. I uh, love Ke- them. Keita Murray, Kit Rath, they'll be, they'll be joining me here. Next week on the A Show, which is my show with Decker, uh, with Chris Decker for the Unacquainted, we'll be having from the soon-to-be-named network, uh, Tim Taylor from the Final Wrestling Place podcast and also the Viewer's Choice podcast. And from and Home Improvement? He is not the Tool Man. That's actually his Twitter is at not the Tool Man. Oh, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to follow him on Twitter right now. He also, you would know him from Excellence Pro Wrestling if you've ever been there. Uh, let me see. I, I was only there like once. Not okay. Okay. He looks familiar. Yeah, I've, I've definitely met him. Also, Adam Van from At Odds with Wrestling, who you may know from your one time at LVAC doing commentary with Joe Sposo. Okay. I'm much more of a face kind of guy if I see him okay. on the... Well, Adam's also lost like 100 pounds since then, so you, you might not recognize him. Ah. So, they'll be joining us, and we're going to be drafting the new generation, 1995 WWF. And then, we just lined up for two weeks after that on the A-Show, 
It is a reunion of Camp Evers, AJ Evers and the former coach Leroy Skull, now known as Irish Kev. I mean, that's what he's always been known as to the rest of us. But we'll be drafting 1998 ECW with Camp Evers. So that will be a lot of fun. And speaking of Irish Kev, Kev and his buddy Rick have a show called The Hooligans of Hops, where they talk about all the different beers that they try, and there's just some banter back and forth. I know Tommy has had some experience with Kev in the past. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, that sounds interesting, especially is is he in the process of drinking while he does this show? I I believe so. Okay, I feel like he'd be fun when he's drunk. Um, I'm pretty sure that's you know, maybe not. Uh, I mean, music fest; those beers are pretty big. I don't participate, but I know Kev does. <laughs> I have only seen him while he was working. So that would be pretty irresponsible if he was drinking while doing that. That's right, because he has been with the with the food truck, the Flying V. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then you can check out all the other shows on the CKCC Radio Network. Check out the Stupid Sexy Podcast, where they review every episode of The Simpsons in order. There is the Nerd Table. There is the Race Nerd Podcast. There is the There's the Paranormal Talk Podcast. There's ranking tracks. Uh, there's J Buddy's Music Hub. We got a lot going on on CKCC Radio. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, our friends at the Soon to Be Named Network. We talked about Ad Odds with Wrestling and Final Wrestling Place. Uh, they're currently doing their March Madness bracket on Final Wrestling Place. Tommy's liking more of my pictures <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can vote for. Um, they're doing celebrity WrestleMania appearances, putting one in the good place and one in the bad place. Uh, and then they also have the viewer's choice podcast where they watch a pay-per-view and they argue it like a court case. Oh, and that's with Tim and Marcus also from final wrestling place. Can you just explain how that works? Yeah. One takes the side of the pay-per-view was good and one takes the side of the pay-per-view was bad. Okay. And they argue it like a, like a court case. It's a pretty interesting format. Yeah, that sounds fun. Also, on the Soon Be Name Network, there's Wednesday Night War podcast with Dude and Brett. Uh, they talk about NXT and AEW and rank which show was better. There is also At Odds with Wrestling. There's Longbox Heroes. There's Porch Talk. There's a lot on Soon Be Name Network. Check that out also wherever you get your podcasts. And then finally, the Not Another Sports Podcast with Jason and David airs bi-weekly on Sundays, the day before the A-Show. So they'll have a new episode this coming Sunday, based on when you're hearing this, because this airs Monday at 9 a.m. Monday, 9 a.m., you can hear my voice, okay. Yeah. I mean, right now it's Thursday at 10.45 p.m., but, you know... Through the wonders the of technology. We use magic and witchcraft and all sorts. And, and Skype recorders and all sorts of things. Wait, you're recording this? Yeah. I do not consent. I actually now have to make sure I am recording it, because that would be really terrible if I just did this entire show. <laughs> It'd probably be better. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Vex, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy... Always a pleasure to catch up with you. 
you guys can also, another quick plug, you can catch us at the Eagle and the Red Elvis's tent uh, at Music Fest whenever that decides to be a thing. Uh, I'll sign an autograph or something. Uh, we will typically go on the Friday night when they're at the Steel Stack stage, and you can hear a Christian group uh, introduce a band who sings a song called Drinking with Jesus. That's a fair point. I never thought uh, of it like that. You you can see a conga line to a sad cowboy song. What's another good one? Bacon. A song about bacon. That's just called Bacon, where they just kind of shout bacon. Yeah, there's the lyrics are pretty deep, I would say. Um, there's um, Sometimes there's belly dancing. That is true. And there's, it's it's certainly never... Um, certainly never frightening in any way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, meet us there. But also, they are the most talented musicians that you will ever hear. The one dude, like, plays the trumpet with one hand and plays a tambourine in the other while he's doing it, and then has this insane singing voice. The the, the girl who drums for them does this wild, like, three-minute drum solo in the middle of a song. Yeah, my arms get tired just watching her. Yeah, I don't know how she does it, and that's every night, which is probably how she can do it, because it's every night. Yeah. Hopefully, Music Fest is a thing again this year. We can all hang out and see Igor, and hopefully we'll all be together again soon. Tommy, thank you so much for joining here tonight, this morning, I guess, when you're listening. Yes, good morning. Good morning, all. Uh, Thank you for having me, Matt. I genuinely enjoy just talking with you catching up likewise so we'll see you back here next week for soon to be named network on the a show and in two weeks for the impeccables until next time for adidas Steel, for johnny toxic and for tommy vex my name is matt Jeremiah, and we will see you we are the glory boys we are the glory boys we are the glory boys. We're around tonight! We're-